My mom, she worked as a supervisor in a kind of like a childcare slash preschool type of thing. My dad also worked for a charter school as the cafeteria manager, but then he got laid off because of the pandemic. When did that happen? Literally like one month after the lockdown, my mom and dad pulled me to the side and told me that my dad was gonna lose his job and that we had to like figure out how to get money. Jennifer Ashley Sibalos is 21 years old. She's a college student on a nursing track, the oldest of four, and she lives with her siblings, parents, and grandparents in a three-bedroom apartment in East Las Vegas. In this series so far, we've talked to women who've either lost or left their jobs during the pandemic, or in the case of one teacher, thought about quitting. But today we're looking at a different issue. Instead of losing jobs, Jennifer Ashley and her younger sister, Jaylin, had to start working, a lot, to help their family get by. It got real when my parents were saying that we couldn't pay for our car. That's how I knew like the pandemic was really gonna shift my priorities as a student and as a daughter because we could not even make ends meet, like we were not even close to it anymore. We've been saying that even though the U.S. is in recovery mode, the pandemic is leaving plenty for us to work through as a society. That's especially true when it comes to young people like Jennifer Ashley and Jaylin. For more than a year, both women have had to manage school, taking care of their younger siblings, and working almost full time. And when you're balancing paying for bills now versus prioritizing your future, a future that hopefully includes a college degree and a professional job so that you can give your family a better life, it's a lot to carry. How do you do all that and still hang on to the person you're trying to become? I'm Samantha Liney Perfoss. And I'm Jessica Mendoza. This is Stronger. What women lost to the pandemic and how they're winning it back. Today, our final episode, The Sisters. So we mentioned it before. The Sabaloses have a pretty big family. We're siblings of four, so it goes me, who's 21, then Jalen, who's 17, Janine, who is eight, and then Miles, who is two. Their parents, Jeffrey and Maria, are from the Philippines. Jennifer Ashley was actually born there. Jeff and Maria worked throughout Jennifer Ashley's childhood, but neither of them finished college, and it was often tough to keep the family afloat. Income and money issues are always a topic in our family, unfortunately. As the oldest, Jennifer Ashley saw firsthand how it affected the family dynamic. For instance, to afford going to UNLV, that's the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, she has to rely on a bunch of different scholarships and grants. Every semester, Jennifer Ashley gets back whatever doesn't get used for tuition and fees. This refund check is pretty common for students on financial aid, but for Jennifer Ashley, I would have to give half of that to my parents just to make ends meet. There were other ways it was clear that they weren't exactly rolling in dough. Like, Jennifer Ashley and her sister Jalen always had to split chores and other duties with their parents. When my mom would get home, she would go straight to cooking. 
My dad would also clean the entire house. He'd do laundry. And then as for my grandparents, they mainly came to the States to help take care of Miles and Janine. But as their grandparents got older and their health declined, a lot of the work wound up with Jay Lynn, who was in high school and usually home earlier than Jennifer Ashley or their parents. I had to take the responsibility of kind of being the second mom. Maybe that's why, like, when I grow up, I low-key don't want to have kids for a hot minute because I felt like I just ended up raising my little sister, my little brother. But for all of that, the two sisters felt that pre-pandemic, their lives were pretty normal. I had a lot of time to do after-school activities. I was, like, in sports. I had so much time to study. I had like a lot of free time where I could kind of relax and stuff. It sounds pretty boring, but yeah. <laughs> and the two of them are really close, even though they're four years apart. I think it's due to the fact that we've shared a room like since birth. That's Jennifer Ashley again. And just a heads up, she called us from her car in one of our Zoom conversations, so the tape might sound different at times. We've never had our own rooms and it's like a bittersweet thing because we never get privacy. But because of that, we're literally like stuck at the hip. At the same time, Jalen and Jennifer Ashley are also kind of opposites. If you have a sister, and I have two, it can be really funny how different you are from each other. And at least in my case, the younger sisters always seem to be way cooler. Jalen, how would you describe your sister's style and vice versa? I don't know. She's going to kill me. She has a dress professional, so it's like her color palette is like, Browns and neutrals, you know? I don't know, like, I can't say teacher vibes. It's, okay. it's really not teacher vibes. It's okay, you can say I'm just like a teacher. <laughs> I don't know how she would describe my style. I think Jalen's style is very much, air quote, hip <laughs> in what's happening right now. Like, that's very much her style. It's okay, Jalen, you can say. At one point, she said I dress like an English teacher, and that's fine with me. That's how I like to dress. It's very business, casual, clean cut. And Jalen's over here wearing crop tops and ripped jeans and things like that. She dyes her hair every like two weeks. Yeah, I don't know about you, Sam, but I felt very ancient <laughs> and uncool when we met Jalen. Oh. She was rocking like blonde hair with pink and blue oh. highlights. <laughs> For me, a little lipstick is like, watch out, she's getting fancy. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely vibe more with Jennifer Ashley's style. My clothes are, let's just say neutral, earthy <laughs> tones. <laughs> and when I bought my first car in college, I was so excited to show my sister. And she literally said, um, that's like a teacher car. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's wrong with being like a teacher? I know, I know some very cool teachers personally. <laughs> anyway, that was their life. Normal. But after their dad, Jeff, lost his job, the sisters began to really feel the pressures of being in a family in survival mode. Pre-pandemic, Jennifer Ashley had been working at a nonprofit called Leaders in Training, or LIT. The group helps first-generation college students like her build leadership skills. Jennifer Ashley participated when she was in high school. After Jeff got laid off, she began putting in more time at the office. I barely make $10 an hour, so... I try to scavenge as many hours as I can. And it didn't take long for Jay Lynn to want to pitch in too, even though she was only 16 at the time. She found work as a barista at a coffee shop chain called Dutch Bros. I applied to this coffee shop in like late June. I got an interview in July and that's when I started working. I don't make a lot either, like I only make nine an hour. But together, what they made really helped cover the family expenses. 
when bills arise, usually my mom and dad will shoulder it. Like they figure it out. That's Jennifer Ashley again. If we are short, they'll bring it to us and be like 200 from Jalen, 200 from me. I also shoulder the cable and internet bill. And then on certain months, me, Jalen, and my mom, we split the phone bill. At first, it doesn't seem too overwhelming. After all, it's true that a lot of young people in the U.S. help their families pay the bills. And this was the case way before the pandemic. Young people are a vital part of their family economy in one way or another when there's not enough at home. Molly Scott is a researcher at the Center for Income and Benefits at the Urban Institute in Washington, D.C. She's done a bunch of work on young people's economic contributions to their families. And that can mean that the young person actually holds a job, or it can mean that they're taking on all of the other family responsibilities so that their parents can work two, three jobs to be able to pay the bills, right? That on its own is an issue. But for families in those situations, it makes existing inequalities worse. You think about two different students in the economy, one who has to work a job, maybe 30, 40 hours a week. They need that money. Compare that with somebody who can devote their entire being to being a full-time student. That's Elise Gould, an economist at the Economic Policy Institute, also in D.C. Those sacrifices have a cost on their ability to focus, their ability to be fully present in all of their activities. We got a real sense of what that was like for Jennifer Ashley and Jay Lynn when we went to see them in late April. It was a lot. Their family's apartment, for one thing, is a busy place. There always seem to be grandparents or little siblings or pets everywhere. Their dad keeps four birds in the house. Yeah, which one is yeah, which? Yeah, so the one that looks like it's kind of bald is uh, Grover. Grover. And then the one that always like barks and sounds really loud is Mango. Okay. And there's another two in here. And they're so pretty. Like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It took some time to find a quiet enough place for us to record. Their parents' room, where the birds were only kind of audible. When we were all more or less settled in, we asked each of them to tell us what a typical day was like for them during the pandemic. For Jennifer Ashley, classes really start at 8.30. So I'll wake up at 7.30 just to make sure that, you know, I'm awake and I'll have breakfast. She'd be in class until about 10.30 or so. And then she'd check in with her parents and Jaylin about their schedules. So I can kind of coordinate if I can take my car that day. Most times, um, I can't. The Sabalases have only one working car, and it's a daily struggle to figure out who gets to use it when. So a coworker who lives nearby will usually just give Jennifer Ashley a ride to work. She'll end up texting me like, hey, do you want to go to the office at 11? I'll pick you up. Jennifer Ashley's official title at LIT is program manager. She both handles administrative stuff and works with students in the program. So I'll be typing emails. I'll be texting parents and students um, if they're doing okay in school, if they need any resources. We'll do a lot of printing and things like that. I'm also in charge of events. Hello. Okay, so you want those two just to be on one pagers and it's front and back, correct? And that would be her whole afternoon. She'd leave work around 5 or 6, be home by 6.30, 
And that's basically when I do my homework. So I'll tell my parents, don't knock, don't let Miles yell, you know, make sure the birds are quiet. And during that time, I'm really zoned in. So by the time I look up and finish my work, it's already, I think, 11. That's around the time that Jaylin gets off from work, which even though she's younger and in high school, Jaylin's days are at least as hectic as her sister's. So usually like I wake up at six, just because I feel like if I don't wake up early, I will not wake up. She grabs some breakfast, gets ready, and then she leaves for school at 8.15. She and her dad will drop off her little sister, Janine. And then I'm at school from like 8.30 to three o'clock. School is what you'd expect. Afterwards, their dad does the whole thing in reverse. He picks up Jalen from school, they go get Janine. And then I go home to change, because my work starts at five usually. And so I get dressed and then I eat and then I literally leave. At the coffee shop, Jalen works a six hour shift. Either taking orders and making drinks or like stocking so that we have enough items to like make the drinks. It sounds busy because it is. Like right now, I'm like filling up sauce bottles, but then sometimes like I'll be making drinks. But pretty much, this is like a typical day. <laughs> it just feels like nonstop. Yeah, but I feel like there's. It's really fun though, because I'm right now working. The Dutch Bros, where she works, is kind of like this big kiosk. It has a drive-through window for cars, and also another window where people could literally walk up to order which is what we did. Do you guys want to get a drink for today? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> Not you guys, you're my customers. <laughs> we are your customers. That's our one goal. It was a Sunday when we went to see her at work, but Jalen's weeknight shift usually starts at 5 p.m. and ends at 11, which makes for super long days. And after a while, the pace of everything would really catch up with her, with both of them. After all, they were doing all this, hybrid classes and going to work, during the pandemic. There was this one day where I went home at like 3.30 and I had this assignment due at 4 p.m. But then I had work at 4.30. I had 30 minutes to do like my entire assignment and turn it in. But yeah, I think also like with my sister working and we kind of like live the same life. We can bond over that. We'll both be crying because work at school is insane. Jennifer Ashley, for her part, also really internalizes her role as the oldest. And that adds an extra layer of conflict for her. I always think about how my friends are 21 and they're going out, they're like doing all these things, they're taking trips, obviously, you know, social distancing, there's still a pandemic, but they were doing all these things to like figure out who they are. And I was stuck thinking about when is my next paycheck so I can feed my family. Um, but on the bright side though, no matter how bad I feel about how like I'm struggling with the idea of falling behind, there's days where like, when I first took my whole family out to a buffet and I paid for it, the look on their faces because they'd never done that before, I don't know, it was very, I enjoyed that. So that made everything that I did worth it. And that's the heart of the issue for the Cibalo sisters. Jaylin is a rising senior looking ahead to college. And Jennifer Ashley is trying to make grades good enough to get into nursing school. But how do you plan for your future when you're just trying to keep up in the present? Coming up, where the sisters are finding strength, hope, and time to dream for themselves and for each other. Hi, 
I'm Trudy Palmer, a deputy editor for The Monitor Daily and one of the editors of this podcast series. I don't know about you, but there is a lot I could relate to in Stronger. In this last episode, for example, the sisters' hectic schedules sounded all too familiar. For most of my life, I've worked two or three jobs. That's not exactly a recipe for work-life balance. But as with these women, you do what you gotta do. I think what that really means is that you do what's needed for the people you love. That's what Stronger is about, women's love and strength, and some ways our society could work better for all of us. If you've liked the series, I hope you'll support more work like this by subscribing to the Christian Science Monitor. Just visit csmonitor.com slash subscribe and join our community. Again, that's csmonitor.com slash subscribe. And thanks for listening. Throughout the pandemic, Jennifer Ashley and Jalen Sabalos were juggling an overwhelming schedule of school and work and planning for the future. And they were doing it all from a home that was not, let's say, super conducive for quiet study or personal reflection. So when we sat down with them and their mom, Maria, at their apartment this past spring, one of the things we wanted to know was, was there ever any time to recharge? Where did they find the energy to keep going? So during like the the nighttime is when we're all really connecting and kind of relaxing and we don't really have to think about work. That's when me and Jalen laugh the most. Like we're always telling about each other's days. We'll be at the dining table and then my mom will come in and then we'll all be joking around over there. My dad will join in. Or there are like Saturdays where I'll go out with my mom and my sister and we'll get food and then we'll bring it home and then we'll watch a movie like in her room which is like really nice. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's very rare days where in the middle of the week, like a random Tuesday or Thursday that me and Jalen both don't have work. And it'll be crazy because I'll have the car too that day. So on those rare days, we'll take Miles and Janine like to go get ice cream or we'll go to like Michael's and get some craft wow. stuff. Um, that'll give my parents and my grandparents some peace of mind for at least like three to four hours. And we're just like doing a little sibling day Um, And those days are probably the best. And this is something we came to understand about the Sibaluses. So much of what drives their lives is family. That was something that was ingrained in me from like a very, very young age. My parents always told me that, you know, you only have one family. You have to care for them. For Jennifer Ashley, that's really meant carrying the weight, not just of her own future, but that of her family. In one of our first Zoom conversations, she told us that the first big thing she wanted to buy after she became a nurse was a house for her parents. My parents have never owned anything in their name besides a car. So that's my first thing to do is, you know, that's the only thing really keeping me going, just knowing that if I become a nurse, I can fulfill the dreams my parents had when they were younger, I could do it for them. She said something similar when we met them in person. I see how my parents are struggling right now, and I just want to get them out of it. It's like, even if she sometimes feels trapped in her situation, she's using that to motivate herself, too. And her family sees it. They all see each other making it work and love each other for it. 
even if they don't always tell each other that. My sister, sometimes she can be so hard on herself, and she's like, I'm not doing it right. But I feel like when I see her, I'm like, dang, she's really out here. She's like grinding. She's going to work. She's going to school. Like college is not easy. Seeing her do those many things and then still being able to care for like other people is really cool. I think it's something that I aspire to be. No. <laughs> see, that's where we're also really different. Like whenever I hear things like that, I cry. But Jalen's like, oh, yeah, I'll absorb it. But what I'm proud about Jalen is like, she's like super selfless. Like she would skip a bunch of school trips because she knew like we couldn't afford it. So even her teachers would be like, this is a good opportunity for you. And she'd be like, it's fine. And we would never hear like any complaint from her. And at one point I had to give her my clothes, like hand-me-downs. She would never complain. She would like rock those fits if she had to. I know there's days she'll cry by herself and she'll like break down. And it's just really crazy because she doesn't let that, you know, deter her from anything else. Like, dang, you got me there. She'll just, um, she'll just <laughs> continue there. pushing. She'll continue chugging and like, yeah. I'm proud of you. You got me there. <laughs> I was like, you got me there. I'm proud of you. I don't know if you can tell, but the waterworks were definitely on by then. And the whole time her daughters were talking about each other, Maria, their mom, kind of just sat there, listening. The face mask she was wearing growing damp from her own tears. Miles, the youngest, was trying to get everyone's attention, but Sam went ahead with one more question for Maria. What does it feel like hearing them say all this? It's hard. Because I don't want them to go through this, but sometimes I can't do anything. I always let them know that I'm always here for them, no matter what. And I know. They always cry for me. That's why it's so hard for me as a mom to hear all those, because it hurts me so much. Before we wrap up, we want to bring in one more person who's had a front row seat to Jennifer Ashley and Jalen's experience. And that's Erica Mosca, the founder of LIT, the nonprofit where Jennifer Ashley worked as a program manager. And we're both sisters. We're also students at different times. In very clear ways, our students are resilient. They, they work full-time jobs to support their families. They stayed home to support their siblings through virtual education. You know, there's not a lot good about COVID, but one thing that is a positive is people are realizing it's really hard when we tell people just work hard and you'll succeed when people work hard and they don't succeed, that those are much bigger structural issues. I think that that's actually where the work is. What gives you the most hope that we can change as a society and move forward to become a more equitable place? Yeah, I see people like Jennifer Ashley and, and Jalen, right? You know, Jennifer Ashley, no matter how hard or what is in her way, she will become a nurse. She will become a nurse who cares about the community, who wants to work with populations that other individuals just don't want to work for or work with. I think same thing with Jalen. She will be a leader. She'll be in charge. The archetype of what is a leader, who is a leader, she will challenge those. She will show you can come from a different background. You can look different and you can be a leader. 
the only way that I sleep at night is I truly believe we're empowering the next generation who are going to take on these social issues because they actually experienced it themselves and will be in a position of power to do something about it. Back at the Sibalos' home, we asked the women about their hopes for the future. Having lived through this past year, but also looking ahead, you know, you're both working so hard for your family, also trying to achieve your own goals and ambitions. What sort of life do you envision for each other? Me, for my kids, I want them like to achieve what they dream of, you know, like finishing school. I'm looking forward to them like doing that and fulfill that. Um, for my sister, I want her to do something that like she wants to do, not because like she's forced to, because I always feel like she's always doing things either for me or for just someone else. And I like want her to get the job that she wants and also just like do things just for herself, like not even thinking about anyone else for once. It's hard to think about sometimes. Ooh. Oh my gosh, you guys are so It's stuck. okay if you cry. <laughs> Safe space. Aww. I should have went first. <laughs> yeah, it's like a question that's always in my head, but like, I don't like saying it out loud because I know I get emotional about it. Cause like, you know, I have a lot of hopes and ambitions for Jalen. Like basically what she told me, like I don't, I don't want her to like think about anyone else. I want her to just have fun in college. You know, like she doesn't have to worry about what's going on back home. That's why I always tell her like, if you want to go out of state, you can do it. Obviously the issue is financial stuff, but I, I'm pretty sure you can get a ton of scholarships, like shoot for the stars. Don't let anything hold you back. Even if we're here, like you'll be fine, you know? It's been so great getting to know you guys and getting to know your family. And I'm more sorry we made you cry. You're gonna make me cry. I know, I'm like, I need to just. I think it's good to have these questions because I think, um, there's a lot of things that we've said that we've never told like each other. That's like very just, weird. I'm like, yeah, we like talk to each other with like humor, but I don't think we've ever had like the real talk of like what have we really been through and like we actually look at each other and tell each other like, oh, we're struggling. So we don't really have those conversations because obviously this is what happens. <laughs> What a journey this has been, Sam. <laughs> I know. I'm like weeping. <laughs> Happy tears, sad tears, all the tears. And I'm just so grateful that all these amazing women just opened up about their year to us. Yeah. I learned so much. And I really hope we can all move forward from this, you know, stronger. Okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. But no, I mean, you're right. And we're so thankful to all of you for joining us. Whether this is the only episode you've listened to or if you've been with us through this whole series, thank you so much. And if we could lean on your support one more time, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And to find transcripts for the episodes and photos of all the women, visit csmonitor.com slash stronger. This episode was reported and produced by me, Jessica Mendoza. And me, Samantha Liney-Perfoss. Edited by Clay Collins and Trudy Palmer. Sound designed by Morgan Anderson and Noel Flatt. We also want to thank Anne Hermes and Jake Turcott for their work on the art for the series. 
This podcast was brought to you by the Christian Science Monitor. Copyright 2021. Something like that. I was thinking of doing, is it a chai tea latte? Like a creamy one? It's really good. I would get a flapjack, which is salted caramel, vanilla white chocolate, oh and then add like soft top, which is like a marshmallow fluff, and then put like oh my God. cinnamon and nutmeg sprinkles. I don't know. That's just, it's a pretty good drink. I will do that. Do you, that want, do you know what size? Uh, a medium. A medium. What else did I have for you guys today? And then I would love the uh, double rainbow. Double rainbow? I always get the double rainbow. That was really good too. Not you guys getting all my drinks. <laughs>